Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe. Coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the crew. I'm Dylan Allen alongside Brent Wolf. How are you doing tonight, Brent? Doing good. I, I had a midterm. I was, I was writing. I was in the midst of writing like a 700-word paper that I, I had for my one test and studying for my other one tomorrow. But I got to call you guys needed some help. So I'm, I'm, I'm here today. I'm grabbing a little bit of food right now, but I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm helping out because I love to talk sports. Oh, good, good. What, what are you grabbing to eat? Uh, Panda Express right now. Oh, okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, so, you know, I wanted to start tonight, tonight off by talking about, you know, Rutgers football and that outstanding win on Saturday. And some would, you know, yep. would say a little surprising. Uh, did you find the win on Saturday a little bit surprising? And um, I, I guess what, well, like, impressed you the most? Well, last Tuesday we talked about this, and, and I said that I definitely believe that they were going to cover that spread regardless when it was 14. And then you followed it through the week and moved all the way down to around 10. And I, I, I actually thought that uh, Rutgers could win this game. I obviously wasn't going to say that they were going to go out flat out and win it, judging from what I've seen these last two years. But I said that that spread was easily something that that was going to happen. And it did. And and then some Rutgers came up with a huge W. I mean, it was electric. Did you see that defense? I mean, we're, we're talking about they've had more turnovers with that one game than they had all of last year. I don't think they even put up close to 38 points last year or the year before that of that matter i mean maybe they did against one of the one of the like lesser teams like liberty or something like that but this team just looked exceptional shiano easily just flipped the entire attitude and the morale around the team i mean these people can compete now now we're playing indiana i know they just came up against a big a big win against penn state but but look i mean we just came up with one of the biggest wins in recent program memory so i, I i'm so excited for this weekend yeah you know you know what a start for shian for the shiano right i mean Coming out into Michigan State and, you know, beating a team, a quality team. I mean, I know they have their struggles, but, you know, when you think of Michigan State, you think of a good football program. Um, yeah. And, you know, a Mel, a, 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 their new coach, Mel Tucker, he's, he's coming from Colorado, and, you know, they're paying him a lot of money, you yep. know, to become a new, you know, one of the new head coaches at Michigan State to succeed there. Um, you're right. You, you said you touched upon the defense. I thought they were outstanding on Saturday. Uh well, Avery Young had two forced fumbles. You know, Tyshawn Fogg had a lot of tackles. You know, it, I just felt like as a whole, the defense just played really well together. And it's encouraging to see that our offense was able to put some points up on the board, too. Like you said, 38 points. I, you know, I don't remember seeing them scoring 40 points. You know, I don't I mean, I, they I don't 100% recall. didn't do that. 100% didn't do that in the Big Ten. You can you could easily remember, you could easily recall that. They were not putting yeah. up 38 points in the Big Ten. I was calling for when Shiano just got hired for them this first year to just have competitive games. That was all I was asking for, to just be able to tune into a Rutgers game in the fourth quarter and be somewhat excited about what the out outcome could be. But right off the bat, he gets us our first Big Ten win. And how long now? So, I mean, I think it was not, not last year. 2017, uh, someone yeah, said 20, against Maryland 2017 against Maryland, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, incredible, incredible. Yeah, and you're, you're right. I, you were talking about teams like Liberty or, you know, teams like Texas or North Texas. Um, 
Yeah, they definitely put up, you know, 50, 60 points in those kind of games. But in terms of Big Ten opponents, they— even then. That's that's what's crazy is that even then, I mean, we were looking at some of the best quarterback performances from the last two years that I've been with you guys at WRSU. I I don't think anybody, any quarterback had over over 250 yards in a game. I I mean, it it, it was— it was the offense was absolutely crickets. Yeah, for, for two it, was, years. it was like 120 yards and four interceptions in the first half. And uh, it, it just wasn't yeah. looking very promising offensively. But, uh, you know, I'm happy they came out this weekend and they proved most of us wrong. Uh, you did say that they were going to cover. I thought so, too. But I thought they were yeah, going to lose we the both game. Said that. Um, I, I, I thought I thought similarly. I mean, obviously, my gut wants me to tell me, oh, Rutgers can win this game. But I. I don't want to be that confident from what I've seen the last two years, but they're way, way, way better team. Yeah, my uncle is one of those kind of people. He apparently he put down a a money line bet on Rutgers this yeah, past week. I he, mean, he put like six hundred down. He won three grand. Uh, oh my gosh, what he, a what a what a man, what he, a man. Yeah, he had a, he had a weekend. He is the definition of confident uh, confidence for Rutgers. Every every opener. That they have the confidence in confidence in Chiano too. Like I like yeah. I said last week, his first his first Big Ten win came against Michigan State. It, it was deja vu to see it again right now, he, and I knew he was thinking the same thing. The defense, he prides himself on defense, and they looked electric. Um, I mean, we all were questioning whether Vedro would be uh, the starter or would be Sikowski, but it, it definitely looks like he's looking to win now, and he wants to show the alumni and Rutgers fans that this team can win right now. And th- that was my perception on um, Vedral being the, the starter, Vedral being the yeah. starter. That was my perception was that this would be a more win now scenario because you're looking at a guy who's like a graduate here as opposed to someone who's still, you know, who's still getting into himself in, in Sitkowski. So I, I thought that it was more of a win now scenario. I didn't know if he was going to go for that or go for, you know, the long haul Shiano long-term plan. But he just wanted to show everyone that he can win right now. I think that's that. What's that? That call was. Yeah, and you know, I I, I said last week that they should start Vedral just because he's a a grad transfer from Nebraska, and you know why not give him a chance? He has the athletic ability that we, that we yeah. that we desperately need back there because of poor offensive line play for most of the game. Um, yeah. I, I just. I, at this, at this point, what is it going to have to take for Vedral to do, for Shiano to look at Sikowski and say, okay, let's let's put him in? Like, what is he going to have to, what has to happen in order for that conversation to, to occur? Well, I, I still believe that, that uh, Vedral is on a short leash still. I think both quarterbacks would be on a short leash. But, again, I, I, I believe similar to how the basketball started to do that and Coach Peichel, he started bringing in a couple grad graduate transfers and it kind of set a tone for the team and a, a leadership thing I mean we saw that with Yaboa uh, last year and I mean he these these graduates do a good job of helping the team around them be put in a position to better win because it's just a seniority thing and, and a confidence thing he's had how many years now in college he's not he's not worried about right now his He's not worried about what draft pick he, he's going to be taking in and things like that. He's just trying to go out there and win games and do what he does best. And I think Sikowski is still on the still on the verge of, of looking at what his future might be. So his his, his feet aren't, aren't as wet as Vedral's are. But I, I, getting back to your question on who, what would need to happen, I, I think Rutgers would need to go on like a, at least a, a two-game skid. They're not going to, you know, winning one game now. It's been since you said 2017. One one win isn't going to be enough to yank uh, Vedral. Yeah, um, and speaking of Vedral, 
if you look at the stats from last week, as, as, in terms of being a passer, he really didn't, you know, he didn't sell me on that aspect. Uh, but running the ball, he, he did pretty well. I mean, he, he had 170 passing yards, uh, 18 for 29, a touchdown, and an interception. So not too much, nothing too little, uh, not the greatest performance, uh, but he had a rushing touchdown, which was also very clutch. Yep. You know, we talk about the defense and how well they performed. I, just because of the high turnover number, what was it, like seven turnovers Michigan seven State turnovers, committed that yeah. whole game? Yeah, so you look yeah. at that, and I'm looking at the stats right now. Michigan State's leading receiver last week was Jaden Reed, and this is a concern because, you know, you and I both know we're not getting seven turnovers a game. That's just, that's no. that's never yes, happening. I, I, that was going to be the next point I was going to touch on, yeah. too. But. So you look at Jalen Reed, or is it Jaden Reed or Jalen? Let me look, hang on. Jaden Reed, yeah. He had 11 catches, 128 yards, and two touchdowns. So even though Rutgers with a big win and, you know, the seven turnovers, it, it, kind, of, it kind of blocked Jaden Reed's performance. 11 catches, 128 yards, and two touchdowns, which is which is not acceptable from a defensive standpoint, whoever was guarding no. him that whole game. Um, but, you know, that's I think that's something that we have to work on defensively is maybe it was man coverage. I don't know what kind of coverage they were running, but if it was man, maybe that's something they have to touch on. But um, but why don't you bring up your point about the seven turnovers? You, were gonna, you said you were going to touch on that. Yeah, no, about the seven turnovers, I was going to say for anyone who is – you know, bragging and, and, and boasting about that, which I definitely was. I, I mentioned that that was more turnovers than we had all of last season, but th that's not going to happen all the time. And I under, I understand that. But before we would never even give ourselves a chance. Like when a team was driving, we, we would never even think that that big play could come up where you could pick a quarterback off or you could drop a big sack on them, apply some pressure. I mean, it, it was it was so dull out there before. So now that our defense even sees that there's a chance that we could do something it it gives the off it takes some some of the weight off the offense's shoulders sometimes because you know if you go out there having to think you know uh Vedral's gonna have to go out there and just be a gunslinger all game that that's not that's not what's gonna happen either because listen we know that there's some quarterback competition going on they're they're gonna have to be running the ball Pacheco's gonna have to have another good he's gonna have to continue to have these good rushing yard games because more the bottom line is that we don't really have a star quarterback, regardless of, of what we think. They could be a good quarterback who wins us some games, but we don't have that star. So the run game is going to have to keep being applied, and the defense is going to have to keep stepping up. I can get seven turnovers. That's not going to happen all the time. But, you know, if, if, if we even show other teams that, that we have these cards in, in our hands to possibly do something like this, it, it makes all the games closer. Like, I'm sure Indiana's looking at us way different now than they were looking at us before we picked up this win. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're looking yeah. differently at themselves now after a Penn State victory. Oh, yeah. I'm sure that's... Again, like I said, the whole whole coronavirus landscape has changed everything so so dramatically. I, I mean, it, again, Rutgers had, a, had always had a good chance of winning this game, I believe, but the whole coronavirus thing definitely enhanced, enhanced their odds even more because every team's a little thrown off guard. So that's how I look at it. I mean, Rutgers allowed 27 points for Michigan State, but I mean, sometimes you're going to have to do that. So, sometimes you're going to have to win games by putting up more points than the other team. And we always looked at that as pe from people at WRSU and Rutgers fans the last two years, we've always looked at it. If we're behind two touchdowns, it was game over. We just didn't have enough. We didn't have enough in our arsenal. No to pull offense. Up. Yeah, we didn't have enough. So I know people are mad that we allowed them to have 27 points, but we, hey, we beat them with 38 points. We put up 38 on the board. So we got to look at that too. 
you also have to look at the fact that the defense just might have given up at that point. I mean, you're up 20-some-odd points with, what was it, seven, six minutes left in the game. You're not even you're not even playing as hard as you were the first three quarters. So it, that that and it's nerves too. I mean, I'm I'm sure these these players half of them have never been in this situation before with Rutgers. They've 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 gone here for how many years now and have never been in a situation like this. So I, it could be a little bit of a nerves thing too. Yeah, definitely for sure. I'm looking at next week against Indiana. ESPN has us at a 24 percent chance to win, giving um, Indiana 76. I'm looking at the numbers from last week. Now, granted, I know Penn State's defense is a lot better than than Michigan State's, but I'm looking at the passing, the rushing, and the receiving totals for the game scores, the game high scores of uh, the, for Rutgers in Indiana last week. The quarterback and uh, the running back and the wide receiver play look oddly the same. Um, so, I don't know if we can expect a very similar a, a very similar game in terms of offensive performance. I'm looking at. Indiana's quarterback, um, Michael, Penix, Michael Penix Jr., he threw 19 for 36, 170 yards, a touchdown, an interception. Vedral threw 18 for 29, 170 yards, a touchdown, an interception. And then you go to the rushing yards for Indiana. Steve Scott the second. He ran. He had 20 carries, 57 yards, and two touchdowns. Pacheco had 20, 19 carries, 61 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, and it goes on and on. Receiving, the leading receiver, Miles Marshall for Indiana. He had four catches, 46 yards, and Bo Melton had four catches, 50 yards. So if you're looking at yards and, and you know, statistics from last week, it's oddly the same. So, you know, could we see a very close game next week in terms of offensive stand? Um, in, ter in terms of an offensive, I guess you could say, shootout? I don't know. Um, well, I don't. It just game. looks like maybe both offenses are built the same in a sense I might look like that on paper but I mean each game is a new game I mean you, you never know when when one quarterback has a, has a bad day I mean we're looking at a small sample size for both teams and Indiana's looking at an even smaller sample size in a Rutgers team held by Greg Schiano now like the, I, teams don't have as good of an idea of how to prep for us a little bit right now so I think each game you have to look at it for for, for what it is I mean next game you know e even though we Indiana put up 36 we put up 38 Next game, I mean, it could be a, it could be a 17-10 game. You you know you never really know because both both these teams are, are, are figuring out themselves right now mm -hmm. at this point. So I, I think yeah, it is something to note that both both teams had similar numbers and quarterbacks and rushing yards and all that had similar numbers. But I, I think each game is a new game, and I, I think Rutgers is a wild card right now a little bit because their confidence is going to be running extremely high. I know Indiana's is too, but it, it's a little. It's a little different after this Rutgers team because it's it's a new motivation. I mean, you saw the swagger on the sidelines of the team if you were watching it. They they're electric right now. So I, I I think each game is a new game, and that's how you're gonna have to look at it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, it was very. I think you and I could both agree the run defense last week for Rutgers was very very. You know, very good, uh, and it kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, you know, they only gave up 50 rushing yards last week. And what's encouraging is that most of our offense last week came through, came on the ground, uh, at 106 rushing yards, uh, and Indiana gave up 250 rushing yards to Penn State last week. So maybe we could be looking at a case of an Indiana defense that isn't very good on the ground, and Rutgers could just take advantage of that. 
I mean, definitely. I, I think Rutgers is going to try to take advantage of, of what they can on the ground. And like I said, we, because we don't have this, this star quarterback right now, we're, we're looking at things uh, a little differently. The run game is going to always have to step up a bit. And uh, that's, how I, that's how I see it. I mean, you talked about the uh, Vedral's good rushing performance that he had, too. I think he's going to have to have another repeat of that. He's going to have to be good on his feet. Um, it, it, it's, a li it's a little different. We, we don't have that star quarterback right now. So I think we're going to have to, like I said, our defense is going to have to be good. Chiano's is going to have to pride himself in that. And um, our, our rushing is going to need to step up. Yeah, yeah. He, he had nine carries, 24 yards, and, and a rushing touchdown. Uh, his longest rush was 24 yards. So a lot of those might have been like sacks and stuff. But, uh, you know, yeah. I, I'm looking at the box score, too. A guy like Johnny Langan, who, who most people thought wasn't even going to touch the field just because – you know, they have Sikowski backing up Vedral now, and no one really knew or no one really knows where Langan fits in this offense. But you saw him have an appearance last week for a rushing touchdown. Uh, do you, would you expect to see him more incorporated into this offense in that type of role, like a like a Taysom Hill kind of role for this team? Yeah, I, I, I love that you brought that up. I, I thought the same thing. Uh, it was something I noted when watching the game because – Last Tuesday when I was on with you guys, I talked about how I don't think Langan was going to see much time. But I liked how he kind of incorporated him a little bit as a wild card. And, yeah, I, I think he could be that Taysom Hill kind of player. I, th I think Shiano's going to pull out all stops here. He's trying to win games clearly. He's trying to show people that we're turning around. And I think that he definitely should use Langan on kind of those tricky plays a little bit here and there. Yeah, because, you know, a team like Michigan State, Going into film this this past you know couple weeks here, they probably weren't even looking at Langan film or anything, just because they probably thought the same thing you and I were thinking. That's what I'm saying. Like they, no one knows how to prep for us really just yet. So it's a small sample size right now. So I think each game is going to be have to look at going to have to be looked at differently. For sure, I'm looking at the numbers for also Rutgers receiving. I'm also a big fan of how Noah Vedral shared the ball and what I mean by that is he he didn't just throw to one receiver and I'm liking that because it improves the chemistry between the whole receiving core and Vedral uh if you look Melton had four catches Aaron Krushank had four catches Pacheco had five Shameen Jones had three Aaron Young had two and Giovanni Haskins had one um he's he's distributing the ball pretty well amongst his his receivers uh do you think that'll help Rutgers in the long run in terms of you know maybe chemistry or you know things in later in in late games where he needs a reception he can trust more receivers than you know maybe just one certainly and I also think it's a a good way for Shiano to get everyone incorporated like that and to let them know like that everyone here is is a part of the team I mean right before he he signed to Rutgers uh everyone was on the verge of entering the transfer portal and getting the heck out of here so I, I think getting them all involved a little bit in the game is is huge for this team and it's huge for the quarterback to let him know that he has weapons around him and and yeah I, I think that I think what what this game really did too in terms of our quarterback competition is each person's going to want to get out there and play now now they're they're witnessing these games these games look fun it looks like this team can play a little bit uh is definitely going to be putting in more reps and uh, Vedral is as well yeah I think I think you were spot on there uh being able to distribute the ball and like you said a lot of people were heading to the transfer portal after last year including Sikowski uh yeah you know in order to keep people in this program that still needs to that is still needs to be a proven 
program. You yeah. need to you need to incorporate them and and have them be invested in what yeah. you're seeing for the future. So uh, big, I thought it was a great that, job. A big thing that Rutgers did under Shiano too was what it brought a lot of people to the NFL. I, I that that's what he did, and the only way to do that is to have get your shine out there. And if people don't think they're receiving that on on a on their college team, then they're gonna get the heck out. So I, I think that having Everyone more incorporated in the offense is going to do wonders, and that's all part of Shiano's scheme. Yeah, and, and you look at the, you know the transfers that he was able to get for the class of 2020, like guys like Michael yeah. Dwumfor and Brendan White. You know they came up pretty big yesterday. Um, I think let's see, Dwumfor had six. He had six total tackles, one solo, and he had one and a half tackles for loss. You know, it's it's encouraging to see that we're st- that the offensive line and defensive line is able to finally play up to a point where we can actually win games. Um, and you know, it's just I, I don't know. I, I was very surprised that they won, and I was very happy when they did because now it's the fashion that it's the fashion of how they won, which, which shot which shocked me a lot. I, I thought it would be a type of game, like I said, cover spread, keep it close, maybe have a shot in the fourth quarter. But we, we did it in such a dominating fashion. Everyone who wasn't hasn't even been paying attention to Rutgers football in two years was texting me talking about, oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, I had friends texting me too that, yeah. you know that that. That would clown me for Rutgers every single yeah. year because they'd be so bad. Uh, and, you know, it's just they're, they're starting to pay attention now. I feel like we're, we're slept on, and I feel like in a couple years from now, you know, we could be – we could easily be bowl eligible, a bowl-eligible team coming out of the Big Ten. Certainly. I, I mean, I'm, I'm so excited to see what this year has to bring. I'm still – I'm keeping my expectations low because I am a Rutgers fan, and I understand what, what it brings you sometimes. But – my uh, my expectations for the future are high. I will say that this year, I, I, I said we could get three wins. I, I still think that's in the cards. I think this Indiana one, it could be a big one if we were to reach three. And listen, if we went 2-0, and and I, I obviously am never going to bet on Rutgers being Ohio State, but it would just be electric if we were 2-0 going up against them. For sure. I, I, and, you know, a team like Ohio State playing Rutgers, they go yeah. into that week saying, oh, this is an easy game. We don't even have to practice as hard. We know what we're going up against. Let's just go through the motions. If we go into their house 2-0, beating especially a 17th-ranked Indiana team that just beat Penn State last week, if we yeah. go into their house 2-0, I can guarantee you Ryan Day is going to you know, have longer practices, longer film room studies. It's, just, it's going to be a whole different preparation for Ohio State because even though you and I, we're going to keep our expectations low just because – like you said, we're Rutgers fans, and we know we know what happens for this year. For this, for this year, year, I'm keeping them low. Yeah, but you touched upon our schedule, and you said three wins. I'm looking at it right now. Indiana next week. I'm gonna say I, I can't even have an opinion on that right now, just because I don't know. Like they beat Penn State, but are they? My was opinion that just is, a fluke? is close. My opinion again is is close game. I, I again, um, I have to I have to look at the line. I have the lines open yet? Even or I'm not sure. Not on ESPN, nothing, no, nothing yet. Again, I'll I'll say the same thing. I think Rutgers can can cover spread here, and uh, I'm going to try to, you know, repeat what I said last week, and hopefully the the same outcome turns out. But I think they cover spread and have a chance to win the game, but I'm not going to flat out say they win the game. And, you know, speaking of the Ohio State game, I kind of find it surprising that they moved that game to a a primetime game, a 7.30 kickoff. Uh, but what are your opinions on that? Do you think 
they want Rutgers to get more, I, I guess, more popular nationwide. I, I don't know. Like, do they really think that game's going to be close to where it should be a prime time game? Well, I mean, it, it, it's Ohio State. I'd have to look at what, what other football games they have that maybe some other big teams are on a bye or, or have early games against lesser teams. It's, it's very possible. I mean, Ohio State is still – people want to see Ohio State because we were deprived of them a little bit as a college football fan. And as a Big Ten fan, listen, I mean, people will probably shoot me on air for saying this, but I like when Ohio State does good because I, I'm, I'm pro Big Ten. So, because there's a non and it's a night game and Ohio State's playing, I'm going to want to tune in. It's, it's a team with a ton of NFL caliber players and they're fun as heck to watch. So, I think that's a little bit what goes into play. It's, it's just Ohio State and now that Rutgers isn't necessarily the biggest laughing stock ever, yeah, there's a chance that they go in there 2-0. I, I think 100% that TV's looking at that right now. There's a chance that they go 2-0. We're looking at the first home game. Halloween weekend against Indiana, you pull off this, you pull off this win and go. If Rutgers is two and zero, Shiano, new head coach. I mean, look, it's not every day. I know he didn't do good with the Bucks, Shiano, but that organization at the time was was terrible. But to have a coach come from the NFL and coach again in college, it's it's so big. You don't think Shiano has connections with people in the NFL to put his players on and give them. People are definitely looking at that right now on this Rutgers roster. If you show out on here, he can make some phone calls for you and get you into the NFL potentially or get you a look. Oh, for sure. I, I, mean- I, think, I, I think that's huge, and I think that's what also TV is looking at. I mean, we, we joke about Rutgers, but, I mean, it was a it was a absolutely universal national moment when Shiano got time. I mean, it was trending on Twitter, all, all, all things like that. It's a huge name, and if Rutgers is 2-0 in there, put that as as a nightcap game uh, unless i mean obviously if there was some you know top 10 battle going out but yeah for sure and it doesn't even matter in my view how how i guess poorly your team does in the nfl because the nfl is a totally different atmosphere in terms of performance from players you know, you could have a roster full of guys that have already gotten their max contracts that don't really care as much anymore and you know especially if they're with a new head coach, uh, they're not really going to play up to standards in terms yeah, of a, a good a, season. So if you just look at it from the standpoint that he has NFL experience, uh, I'm sure that just draws a lot of attention and popularity towards Shiano. It doesn't really – I don't think it matters how well the team does. Uh, yeah. But just having that experience uh, puts you puts you one step ahead of most college coaches that, that just stay in the college realm. Definitely. I mean, any anybody. I mean, look, Saban, Saban didn't do good. Uh, it, it's all about. Look, everyone's gonna have a sense of greed at some point. Chiano got a little greedy. He wanted to make some money and went to a, an NFL team that wasn't that good, and he he paid the price for it a bit. But look at him now. He, he's he's king of New Jersey right about now. That's right. I, and you know, we don't really talk about Kyle Flood as much either. If you remember. He had a, a lot of good years with Rutgers there. I don't know how many years he coached, but the Gary the Gary Nova years weren't the, weren't the worst years. They went to some bowl games. Uh, you know, it, unfortunate that he, I forget what he did, but some, he did something with a student. It was like something for studies, and he was fired. But I I think right after that, any other coaches just couldn't get any more recruits. Um, and let's be honest, I don't blame Shiano for going to the Bucks. I mean, listen, there's only no, at, you at can't. the time you can't. there's you only s- so much money you can make as a college coach. I mean, the money now is ridiculous. You look at what Dabo Sweeney's making over at Clemson. It's like $10, mil- $10 million a year. But back then, that was, like, unheard of. So, of course, you're going to go coach the NFL. I'm sure that was his dream, too. You know, 
reach the highest level of coaching that you can. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm glad he found his way back here. Uh, and uh, just a statement win for Rutgers this weekend. And uh, I can't wait till next weekend to see what we can, we can see against Indiana. back here on WRSU FM New Brunswick. This segment we like to call Locks of the Week. Uh, Brent, did you did you come up with a, a Lock of the Week? You don't need to come up with one because it's just, again, whoever's playing the Jets locking in. But <laughs> it's the Chiefs. It's the Chiefs this weekend. It's the Chiefs this weekend. Lev's returning to his old team, expecting a good game from him now. He got his feet wet first game. He's going to have a bigger game. He's going to get a little bit more involved in the offense. Again, haven't looked at what the spread is, but if you want to be ignorant in your parlay, just throw in Chiefs money line. There's no way they lose. No well, way. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the spread is. If you're just wondering, uh, it's minus 19 and a half for the Chiefs right now. I it, like that. I like that. I like that <laughs> spread as well. I mean, listen, last week the the Bills the Bills didn't cover spread. I, I Josh Allen is not Patrick Mahomes. We've seen that already. We've seen them square off this year. He's not Patrick Mahomes and. It's a it's a division game, a little different. They they know they know each other's playing styles a little better, which is why it could be more lower scoring. It was a turnover affair. I mean, how many did you watch that Jets game? Bills were Bills were in the red zone nearly every single drive, or either missed the field goal or kicked the field goal. They didn't have a single touchdown. That's not happening with this Chiefs team. I, I like 19 even to be honest with you. Yeah, I I mean, I, I in the back of my head, I think that the Chiefs will blow them out by like 35 points. But in terms of a bet standpoint, I just don't know how much I can. You know how much money I can put on that for 19 and a half? Just because, listen, anything can happen in football, and it's let's let's be honest, it's 2020. The craziest things have happened this year. Anything, the Jets could the Jets could win this game, and it would be the only win this year, and it would make everyone go crazy. Vegas, everyone would be losing their money. It would be a crazy game. But for me, my lock of the week, uh, it's gonna have to be. I'm gonna take the Rams here, minus four and a half. Um, Coming off a great week against Chicago last night, scoring 24 points against that great Bears defense and only giving up 10 points. Um, you know, it's minus four and a half, and this is Tua's debut. Uh, it, they're coming off a bye week, but I, I just don't I don't know how well Tua's going to play, especially against the Rams, who just who had a great defensive performance last night. They, the, the Nick Foles and the Bears could not get anything going. They just they, they he threw I don't know how many interceptions but he did he looked trash last night he did not look good at all so I'm gonna take the Rams minus four and a half I think Jared Goff and Scott and uh, and McVay they they figured it out offensively and I just think Aaron Donald is gonna be just too much for Tua and that offensive line and he's gonna have to make some throws on the run that he doesn't want to throw maybe force something into a a double coverage I just don't see a very good out you know a very good outcome for the Dolphins. If Fitzpatrick was starting, it would be a different. Uh, it would be yep. it would be a different opinion, but I just think yeah. just because it's debut, I, I got to go with the Rams here. But um, yeah, I love that one as yeah. well. That, that that one was also on my radar because I, I I think everyone was big on this Dolphins team because they were really good, but they just you know changed outfits and 
it's true. It is a little bit of a wild card. You know, we, we saw this year Herbert come out of nowhere and be really good. I mean, there's a chance we get that from Tua as well. But I think the Rams are just a bit too good to to wanna to wanna say that Tua is gonna go crazy, even though he very well could. But I, I think it's a, it's it's the safer bet to to ride with the Rams here, and that's a hundred percent. Yeah, I'm also looking just just because I'm on my phone right now. I'm looking at the spread this week for the Chargers Broncos game. It's minus three LA. Uh, that might be a pretty good bet too. If I had to make a second lock pick, minus three. Justin Herbert has proven himself so far that he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league right now. He's one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league right now. And Giants fans like myself are shaking their heads because this was supposed to be our guy, but he went back to school, and we all know how that happened, Daniel Jones, and we all know that. So, you know, I think I also like that pick, minus three. But, um, you know, we look at – did you watch that Cardinals-Seahawks game on Sunday? I did. I did watch that game. I was mad. I'm a, I'm a big Russell Wilson fan, so I, I some of the calls were a little outrageous. I, but I, I bet that holding call at the end there. But I mean, the the, the Cardinals are are good, man. They're good. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, Kyler Murray has proven himself to be very good as well. You know, even with the doubts of his his height and you know whatnot. But I was especially mad because I had a I had a four team parlay this weekend. Um, I had Steelers plus one and a half, and they covered that one. Thanks, thanks to Goskowski missing that field goal. Uh, oh my gosh! Yeah, I, I had. Um, let's see, I had Green Bay minus three, and they won by 15, 35 to twenty. And and then I had 49ers plus two and a half, and they won thirty three to six over the Patriots. So was... and my last one was Seahawks minus three and a half, and they lost that one. And if you watch the game, you know what happened. You know the whole DK Metcalf holding call and all that stuff and then the previous in, even in the regulation I, I forget who what his name is but number 95 on the Seahawks he jumped over one of the linemen to block a field goal which would have put the Cardinals down seven points with like three minutes left in the game and you know if he had just not committed that penalty and given them a first the Seahawks run that clock out I win my parlay and we're all happy but no of course that had to happen and then we all know what happened in overtime. Russ had like three chances, and I thought we were gonna do it, and no. So I was a and little it was, upset. It was a it was a weird game. I mean, the Seahawks pride themselves on pulling out games in the weirdest ways possible, and it was just the one time where it didn't work out for Russ. But th- l- listen, I-, I think that they're a Super Bowl contending team still, and if they want to be Super Bowl contenders, they they're gonna have to not make these games so close. A- a- every game is is so close. I mean, they were definitively beating the Cardinals for majority of the game. It wasn't like a, you know, they weren't blowing them out the water, but but they were they were beating them the whole game. And then towards the end, uh, Kyler gets a little hot, a couple, couple calls don't go your way, and we have a Cardinals victory. Yeah, and, and the difference of the game was it just the Seahawks came out very, played very well. It, it was 27 to 17 at the half. So I was very confident from a minus three and a half standpoint. Uh, but the difference of the game was the Cardinals' second-half performance. They scored 17 points in the second half while the Seahawks only scored seven. And then the overtime period. You know, the, Zane Gonzalez, the kicker for the Cardinals, he missed a field goal to win the game in that game as well, which got me even more excited because I was just saying, we have another chance to go win this bet. And, I, and you know, we know, we know how it finished. But in terms of looking at Kyler Murray and his performance, um, you know, I don't know if you do fantasy, Brant, but he is the number one ranked player in fantasy right now. He has uh, 1,800 passing yards. 
I don't even know how many rushing yards, but this man has been performing at an MVP level this year. Uh, you know, and, and you look at a team like Seattle, we all know what Russ brings to the table, and that offense with DK. and Ty, How about Tyler Lockett with that game, too? I had friends that lost fantasy because of Ty Lockett. He put up 53 fantasy points. Uh, no, Tyler Lockett had a, had a heck of a game. I do play fantasy, uh, for, for those wondering. I have Russell, actually, as my starting quarterback, so I'm not mad at that necessarily. Russell's having a really good year as well. Kyler's just, just ahead of him, but um, Lockett had a heck of a game. I also had D-Hop in that game, so a lot was riding on there. I was happy he was high scoring for fantasy purposes, so yeah. Yeah, I, you know, we look at the quarterbacks for that week, too. Russ, he threw 300 and. 88 yards, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. Kyler Murray threw 360 yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and he ran the ball, 14 carries, 67 yards, and a touchdown. And Russ ran the ball. He ran a lot, too, last night, picked up some clutch third downs, uh, six carries for 84 yards. Um, but, yeah, my friend, he was up, what was it, 40, 45 points going into that game, and... Tyler and all the other kid had was Ty Lockett, and he put up 53, and he lost. Um, and it, when you I, have a 50 bomb game like that and lose, that that stings. Yeah, uh, I I think I lost in another league that I don't pay attention to to the same, but I, I I don't know. It was just I thought it was one of the best games of the year so far, um, just because it was just back and forth, a lot of turnovers, a lot of missed opportunities. You know, teams got a lot of chance. You know, like you said, high scoring, lots of yards, lots of touchdowns. It was just very entertaining from like a fan standpoint. If you two most the uh, most entertaining games every Sunday are always going to be Seahawks or Falcons games because the Falcons will find a way to blow it in a high scoring affair, or the Seahawks will find a way to win it in a high scoring affair. So they've had the best games. The Patriots game with the Seahawks was sick when Cam got stopped on the one yard line. Uh, Stafford's walk-off touchdown against the Falcons was was lit this weekend too. Uh, there's been a lot of good games. Yeah, uh, uh, Brian, are you a are you a Giants fan or or what are you a, what team are you a fan of? I'm actually I'm actually a Panthers fan, so I had a close game this weekend too. Um, I, my my uncle um, lives in uh, Carolina, so he, he every time I'd go down there I'd pay close attention to him I was a big Cam Newton fan growing up and I've just I, I've been probably now for like eight eight years now around there my family was never big on on football I, I myself kind of got myself more into football my dad is a big basketball guy so that's why I'm I'm most knowledgeable in basketball but over the last eight years or so I've gotten pretty good with, with football now too but dad's a Knicks fan so I'm a Knicks fan with that um yeah me yeah. too unfortunately yeah unfortunately <laughs> You, you look at you. You said you're a Panthers fan. Uh, they're three and four, but as a Panthers fan, if I were a Panthers fan, I wouldn't be too mad myself. I love myself. the way the team looks. Yeah, I no. love the way the team looks. I think Matt Rule was one of the best things we've done in, in a long time. I mean, like he right off the bat, I thought it was kind of crazy getting Robbie Anderson, but then I looked a little bit more into it and I realized that he was his head coach in Temple. So they have some kind of chemistry there, and Robbie Anderson's been doing incredible this year. We got DJ Moore. I think Matt Rule is also just an incredibly smart head coach. Realized a little bit how Curtis Samuel was being used in Ohio State as as uh, running back a little bit on some plays. So we've been seeing that come out of Curtis Samuel, and it's also, believe it or not, from a Carolina fan, I think it's benefited us that McCaffrey's actually gotten injury injured because 
he just became the focal point of our offense to a degree that was insane. I, I mean, listen, and it wasn't like it was bad for him. I mean, he, he you can give him all the touches he needs, and he'll still put up two touchdowns and rush for 100 yards, 100 yards receiving. I mean, he's incredible. But I, I know defenses still couldn't stop him, but it made us a little too one-sided, I, I believe. And I think having Mike Davis come in and doing as good as he did, I think he's definitely going to be incorporated more. And I think when McCaffrey comes back now, it's actually going to be a better version of himself and a better version for this team. So I'm excited. I wish he was back for the Saints game because I want to beat them so bad. A lot of my friends are Saints fans, so I love rubbing it in whenever we can pull off a victory against them. But I'm actually happy over the McCaffrey injury. As long as he comes back, doesn't get any severe injury when he comes back because of that re-aggravate it but I, I I think it's made our team better when we still have a chance we still have a chance to to make the playoffs right now I don't think the Saints are that good if McCaffrey comes back for the better I we're going to be looking good you know you're right but the issue is um you look at all the other NFC conferences except for the NFC as I call them the, the Bucks. The, I know the Bucks are the Bucks are the Bucks are crazy I, I understand that their defense is now a huge problem they're 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 so good on D so it's it, it's going to be difficult. Yeah, well, I was just going to say because they added they added another slot for a playoff team this year. I, I don't know if it went from what was it six to seven or seven to eight, but regardless, basically, in a in a in a perfect world, a, th- a third team from a division could make the playoffs. And I and I'm, I was just going to say you have to compete with the NFC West, which is also an issue. That whole division is nah, over five hundred. N- NFC is stacked. NFC yeah. is stacked. But so. I, you look at the games this year. It, the the Raiders actually have looked pretty good. They lose Week One, thirty four to thirty, which is close. We all know the Buccaneers. They lose thirty one to seventeen. But you beat the Chargers, who they who has also looked very good. You lo- you beat the Cardinals by ten, and you just saw what they did to Seattle, right? And then they go out, and you know we all know Atlanta isn't the greatest team, but they still are a very good offensive team, and you only gave up sixteen. And then you play the Bears next week, you lose by a touchdown. And then you play the Saints this past week, you lose by three. You play the Falcons this week, and I'm and I think McCaffrey's coming back. Um, yes. So that no, should be interesting chance, to see. There's a chance he could have come back for the Saints game, but at, at the time, I, it it didn't it didn't seem good. I mean, this this guy he has the largest running back contract in in the history of the NFL. Let's not let's not get him injured again. This this wasn't a year where everyone thought this was our. Super Bowl year or anything like that. You know, we're, we're kind of just feeling everything out. But look, I, I love the way Teddy's looking. I think our receiving core is is really good. Uh, we have a young defense that's only going to get better. Matt Rule has been exceptional. And um, we're missing our best player, so we'll see what happens. Yeah, the fact that you guys are in all the, in, in all of these games without McCaffrey is in, very encouraging. Yeah. And what I take yep. from this is that, they're, like you said before, Matt Rule is able to now – orchestrate an offense that isn't just totally surrounded by McCaffrey where the defense is yes. like okay this ball is going to McCaffrey we know let's have three guys on him right instead but you what got was guys so crazy about that was he was still able he was still able to, to to rattle off crazy statistics even with the defense focused on him so but keep going I was gonna say look at Robbie Anderson he's second in the league with yards at 640 yards on the season uh, he was able to find a guy like Robbie Anderson from the Jets I, and I just think I think anyone with the Jets is like just a curse. Adam a Gase curse. is a curse. And you look, everyone thought Robbie Anderson was trash, you know, because the Jets' years were garbage. But he comes here and he's playing very well at a high level. He's tied for fifth with receptions at 46. Like I said, second yep. in yards. Not many touchdowns, but again, 
you know, the Panthers, I like to think, are a run team. They got Teddy Bridgewater, yeah. but he's no outstanding quarterback, right? He's he's more no, of a— he, His numbers are incredible. He he is does a really good job at protecting the football. He doesn't throw many picks. Uh, he doesn't do anything that will, like, burst off your screen, like, wow, like, this guy's, you know, Patrick Mahomes level. But he, he he's a quarterback that could— that could definitely uh, make some noise in the playoffs with. Yeah, and for sure, you know, what's also really encouraging from Teddy Bridgewater is his completion percentage. Um, this past game against New Orleans, he was 23 for 28. He threw 82%. The week before that, um, the week before that, he threw 18, uh, 16 for 29. So, all right, 55, not the best. But before that, he, then he plays Atlanta, 75. You're right. And my brother says, Teddy Bridgewater, he, he always bets the the Carolina Panthers in the spread, you know, or unless it's like minus seven like it was for the Saints. He always bets the Panthers because Teddy Bridgewater keeps them in games. He doesn't always win them, but he keeps them in the game. 1,900 passing yards, eight touchdowns, five interceptions on the year. Um, and, you know, when they get McCaffrey back and what they're able to do with Robbie Anderson, that'll definitely take some eyes off of, you know, that'll definitely take some eyes off of McCaffrey and it'll force the defenders to go guard Robbie Anderson probably Hello? more than they thought. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. How's it going, Brant? I, 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 got, I got disconnected somehow there. I got a phone call from something. I'm on my, I'm on my phone, so I think with the program you guys are using, if you receive a phone call, it throws it a little off of whack. I've never had that happen before. Was that just like your audio cut in and out? I just came from radio cancel meeting, so I just it, got it here. It cut out and it didn't let me like right now. I'm speaking through my headset and it's I'm sh it's showing me in, in the green and the yellow bar that that audio is coming through. Nothing was coming through. I opened and closed it and then it wasn't letting me re get back in. Oh wow! Tried again. It, it 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 just let me now. So but so is McCaffrey gonna gonna going to play Thursday? Like I missed that a little. Just that little convo. Yeah, he's going to come no, back yeah, he, on he Thursday. Was, he was gonna be out for he was out extended, for extended, right? Weeks, so that for would put him. He was yeah he was out for six weeks, so that was yeah. putting him at at yeah this 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 weekend right now. So yeah, and I he's think he's gonna be back. So if you're if you got him on fantasy, definitely start him against Atlanta. They're trash. Yeah, but I'm looking uh, at yeah. the line right now. It's only two and a half. I mean, look, I, I heard what you said about Bridgewater keeping uh, them in games, and he he did that, he did that with Minnesota, right? We've seen that, but he's thrown five picks on the year. I just don't know how I feel about Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, you know, Matt Ryan. I mean, five picks on the year. We're looking at an MVP candidate, Russell Wilson, just threw three last game. That's true. That's true too. That's <laughs> that's that's touche. So that's I, important I mean, five, too. Five, yeah, five five picks is, is is really not that much in, in the grand scheme of things, as long as they're not, you know. I haven't seen anything really with with right. recent games since McCaffrey's been gone where I saw a pick that said, oh, okay, that just decided the game. Uh, he hasn't thrown a pick like that for me yet. Yeah, well, here's the thing, though. The NFC South is going to be – it's almost – it could have the potential to be like the NFC West, right? We saw – I've seen all the pictures from the sports accounts uh, over the weekend. Seattle 5-1, and one, Arizona 5-2, and two, Rams 5-2, and two, 49ers 4-3. and three. I mean the NFC South minus the Falcons, the Bucks are five and two, the Saints are four and two, the Panthers are three and four. They're only a game and a half or so behind there, and they could, you know, we've seen the Saints kind of had, you know, they they won by three against Carolina on Sunday, and now they have the Bears, and they're only favored by four. But that's a big game, I think, because the Bears as well, they're like what, like one loss behind the Packers. Like it's a really, yeah. it's going to be a really close NFC finish, I think. 
Oh, it's, it, it's definitely going to be close. I mean, what's good, too, with us is we, we can decide our own future a little bit, too, though, because we have one more game against the Bucks, one more game against the Saints. Right. But, I, I mean, look, listen, I, I'm, I'm talking from a bias standpoint right here. Obviously, my money would not be on us to make the pool, would not be on us to make the playoffs and win the division. I'm just happy that we're performing the way we are. Started off the season extremely slow, then McCaffrey got injured, and I thought you could have just tossed the towel in on the season. But, yeah. Um, it, it, it's allowed allowed Matt Rule a little bit more creative freedom if if you want to believe that I think that's that that's what it did because before between fantasy owners and and, and just McCaffrey fans you just he felt inclined to, to give him the rock basically every single play and I think it just opened up the gates a little bit more for him and I, I McCaffrey's a team player like 100% I mean this guy comes from comes from Stanford gotta be a smart guy <laughs> and everyone everyone only has nice things to say about him so uh, I, I think he's going to come back for the better of this team now, and I think Mike a bit more of that smash mouth back for us, and that thir- that third down type of back, and we're going to start seeing McCaffrey even more in in the receiving game a little bit. And that's going to help you a lot. I mean, look, they they, they released Eli Apple today, which uh, you he's know trash. he Get wasn't here, he man. wasn't doing anything with them. That. I don't know why they picked him up after the Giants got rid of him. Like the oh he was horrible with the Giants. the Giants. He was he was on, horrible on the, on the Giants, and then Abysmal. the Saints signed him. And now and the Panthers gave him a shot. Um, other than that one, even that one year the Giants went to the playoffs, he was still garbage. Didn't do much at all. No. And he was they're like, oh, he's out of Ohio State. He's going to be like a top-tier defensive DB. Not a, not a chance. No, wasted, I saw wasted, it right through that. Wasted a 10th pick on him. Yeah, he was a top-10 guy. That's right. I forgot about that. He was, like, heralded as, like, one of those big guys. Like, you know, that's going to be a game-changing, like a Josh Norman kind of guy. He was, but I mean, look how Josh Norman turned out. That's for us. true we, too. We yeah, a, we dodged a crazy bullet right there. Oh yeah, we yeah you did. <laughs> not having, not having, not resigning him. The Ravens got Des Bryant though to the practice squad. Do you think he cracks the fifty-two man roster, fifty-three man roster? Definitely. With the way their offense looks, uh, I, I definitely think he's getting on that roster. But but my thing is with with the Ravens is I was just having this discussion with my friends while we were eating here a couple minutes ago. Um, I, I I think it's a little bit on on Lamar. Honestly, yeah. I, I I think that yes, their weapons aren't aren't anything crazy, and uh, they they could upgrade. But I mean, Hollywood Brown has still got Mark Andrews. True. I I mean, we're not seeing we're not seeing any games even from somebody like Hollywood Brown where people are 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 talking about him. And I think that that's that's kind of alarming in a way. I I think he should definitely have had. Some of these, some of these flashes of greatness, where we think that, uh, all right, like you know, he, he he could be pretty good, and that's what people thought they were gonna get out of Hollywood Brown this year in fantasy, and I, I think Lamar's kind of just underperformed a bit. Hello. Yeah, yeah, you're cutting in and out of there, but I got your main point. You know, I think he has Hollywood Brown's been underperforming a little bit. I think that Des Bryant, you know, somebody was bound to pick him up, and we see now like Antonio Brown after his suspension is lifted, like when it's over, when it runs its course, he's going to be with the Bucks. He's going to be uh, another key asset for Tom Brady. I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see these two guys come back. It'll be an interesting storyline to this already uh, already interesting uh, NFL season. Yeah, I, I just I, I'm interested to see how he's gonna fit in with that team. You have all those weapons. You have Mike Evans, I mean, Chris Godwin. I don't think he's playing this week, so maybe well, he's Antonio Brown doesn't even come back from suspension until week nine, I think. Week nine. See, they so, got a, a lot. Of, a lot of people were were high on the whole Godwin Evans thing, but I, I think a, a little. 
A little bit, a little bit what happened is there's is similar style how we see in basketball. There's not enough, there's not enough football to go around. True. So I, I, I still, I still think Godwin and, and Evans are, are great receivers, obviously, but they're just not, they're just not putting out these fantasy numbers and numbers on the field that, that we thought they were going to be because they, they don't have to really, they don't have to. Yeah, and we kind of saw that. Remember, with like Deshaun Jackson too when he was with the Buccaneers for that little. Set couple set ten seconds there, like he, you know, him and Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, early on, yeah, like we kind of thought that was going to happen too. But hey, Gronk's been having a couple good weeks so far. He's been catch, he's been having a lot more receptions than I thought he would. Um, I just, you know, I don't like to see that the running back group isn't really like Leonard Fournette. Like I, everybody was like, oh, all high on Leonard Fournette, and now he's just, you know, back up to Ronald Jones. He, he that's another, that's another thing that's weird, but. I, I think Leonard eventually they want him to be the back there. Every they time do. He's healthy, they, they, every time he's healthy, they give him more touches. Even though I think that it, it works out for the better for Ronald for them, because he, I, I personally think he would be better for the team. I have both of them on one of my fantasy squads, so I, I have both of them handcuffed. So I, I don't care which one of them comes out on top, but it, it's another weird thing a little bit. And I, I think that I think Leonard is going to be the guy. Yeah, but we'll, it, it, I think Bruce Arians is running a, a way different team with this Bucks than than it was with Jameis. So we'll see what happens. You know, and we we talked about Des Bryant for a little bit. How he's going to fit in that offense is it's going to take them from a a, a run. They're still going to be a run heavy oh, team. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, but they're going to have to defenses are going to have to prepare differently now because now they're going to have to have they're going to have to have defenses where they have a, a safety come over to help on Des right. or whatnot. I mean. There's still I mean, a lot we, of question marks on Dez. Dez still, Dez, Dez still needs to get on. Dez still needs to get on the team. But I, I think, look, there, there's absolutely no reason why they, where, why they would have signed him to a practice squad even without seeing some type of potential in him and some type of fit for this team. Because it, it, it also makes sense that it's the Ravens. It's a team that needs uh, an upgrade in, in their wide receiver depth chart. So uh, I think it makes sense. And I think you will. I think we will see him eventually. I think he will be good as long as he doesn't get hurt again. Yeah, I think that, well, that's the big uh, question mark, I think, for Des Bryant's return is, is he going to get hurt as bad as it was yeah. uh, last time? I mean, that's why some people have been avoiding him. I mean, you know, the Cowboys moved on. They got Amari Cooper. Um, they have Michael Gallup's been coming into his own. But, yeah, they, they don't have a quarterback right now. I mean, Andy Dalton went down. Like, Dak went down. I mean, that's the, you, I, you would not want to be a Cowboys fan right now. Uh, definitely, definitely not, Troy. I don't know if you're hearing this, but you definitely don't want to be a Cowboys fan right now. Well, I mean, and what's scary too to think about about the Cowboys is after all this, everyone crying for Dak and everything. I still think Jerry Jones could do something shady. And he could just tank this team and get Trevor Lawrence and, and screw over Dak again. <laughs> I, 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 that's the type of man he is. It's, it's a manny man world. He understands that as a businessman. So I, I, I'm getting the feeling that that's going to happen. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, it could be a situation where potentially even they, they, they trade, they trade up if they don't get the number one, they trade with the Jets. We were talking about how we think the Jets should trade that number one pick potentially. Yeah. I, I could see they, them they shopping be, it too. I, I, I could see Jerry Jones be a suitor like that. He loves yeah. going after people to sell jerseys. We've seen that already. <laughs> uh, he, he loves going, he loves selling jerseys. CD lamb. He did not need him. He already has Amari Gallup look good. And what does he do? He goes out and gets CD Lamb, and, and now you're off. Now your defense is getting 30 points and then a game. So, and it's only going to get tougher for Dallas. 
Yeah. Aside from that division, though, I mean, you know, theoretically anybody, the Redskins could maybe win that division. Like, who knows? Like, it's a bad division. Yeah. It's it's absolutely terrible. It's a crime that one of them's going to make the playoffs. And potentially may even get, like, home field, too. Yeah, it's a, it's a crime. It's, it's crazy. Crime. It's like it's that crime, uh, Seahawks team, like, way back when, when they were 7-9, and nine, but then they, like, went on that sort of a little run. Yeah, I mean it's it that that's a different team. Though. But that was that was pre Russell Wilson, right? Was that the year where yeah. Romo fumbled the snap on the kick? I think so. I think that was the year. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not I remember that it, though. Romo fumbled. Oh my gosh, whole, that was a whole horrible. Lot of tragedies. A whole lot of tragedies that surround. There's that been a lot of uh, little screw ups there. Just talk, can we just talk, talk about before we get lost? Can we just talk? We are back here on WRSU-FM New Brunswick. I am Dylan Allen alongside Jake Schmid. Brent Wolf was on earlier for the first hour. Uh, so, Jake, do you have anything we could just talk about? Huh, it's interesting. Um, You know what? There's a couple of things. I'm looking on it now. Um... Just going through the news. Um, you know what? We were talking about the Cowboys before. Let's stay on the topic of Cowboys because we're both Giants fans. I mean, I know Troy DiCivino, our promotions director, is not is a big Cowboys fan. Uh, but here's something that I just caught my eye. I was just scrolling through the score, and it said that uh, Jerry Jones, he says the Cowboys, you know, won't don't have a leadership void. He refused to chalk up his team's struggles to a lack of leadership today. You remember when we were on the crew a couple weeks ago and we said those players had come out and, like, the anonymous players, they didn't even give their name, which is one thing to me, and then they said that, oh, the the Cowboys, you know, we, we haven't really been coaching well under Mike McCarthy. Do you remember that? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I remember that for sure. Yeah. It, it's been it's been all over the news uh, then, and it, and it is now. I think we're starting to see reactions from coaches and stuff. And so here's the thing. They're stumbling to a 2-5 and five record right now under new head coach, you know, Mike McCarthy. He hasn't won over the locker room. The two players completely blasted his staff after their Week 6 blowout loss. Um, it's really tough to be a Dallas fan. I mean, we all know what happened with Dak Prescott, as Brant was saying before he, he signed off. You know, maybe Jerry Jones tries to get that number one pick if it potentially goes to the Jets, but this weekend, right, they're playing an Eagles team that's 2-4-1 in Philadelphia on Sunday night football, and all of those teams are tied for first, the, hypoth yeah, hypothetically. Eagles are 2-4-1, Washington football team's 2-5, Dallas 2-5, the Giants are 1-6. The highest percentage in that division is 3-5-7, which is just way below sub-500, way below. <laughs> it's an abysmal division, and I just... You know, you look at the points for Dallas has 176 points for them, but their differential is minus 67. That's the most in that division, more than the Giants. Yeah, you know, it, the Giants this year have been very good defensively. They've been James Bradbury. He's a Pro Bowler this year. Oh he's, yeah, he's 100%. been playing like one so far. Um, but on Dallas, uh, even with Dak playing, they were still not even good. That defense was just so bad. It didn't yeah. even matter how many points that offense was able to put up. It, you mean you look at the game against the Browns, right? They they lose forty nine to thirty eight or something. But when you score thirty eight in a football game, in the National Football League, you're supposed to win that game. Hundred percent. You give up fifty points. There's to, no excuse to Baker Mayfield, who is not even like good. He's average at most, in my above <laughs> yeah. average. Like 
I can understand maybe if you gave it up to like the Bucks this week. You know, Tom Brady, all those weapons. Yeah. I, I get it. But against the Browns, really, and you give up a 50-yard rushing touchdown to Odell Beckham on like a jet sweep from the 50, that, that's just that's inexcusable. But And then know. he got hurt later in that game. It, well, this weekend. This, week, this past yeah. weekend, yeah. And that yeah. stinks because I'm, I'm – He's a, out for the year, right? Torn ACL? Out for the year, ACL. Yeah, I'm still a big Odell fan. It stinks because I'm a Giants fan. But, um, you know, I, I – the opinion on the Browns, it, it might not even change that much just because I don't even know how much he wasn't involved in that offense yeah. to begin with. Other than that Dallas game, everyone was saying, you know, they have to find a way to incorporate him in the offense if they want to take that next step. But talking about Dallas-Philly, they're giving da- uh, they're giving the the Eagles a 73% chance to win on Sunday. I think they're personally going to win. Are they really? Win. Yeah. Wow. I, I think they're pers- personally going to win. The, the Cowboys... I mean, when you lose to Kyle Allen and the and the Washington football team, twenty five to three, they only got a field goal. And you only got a field goal. Wow. Yeah. That's abysmal. When you only score that many points, and not even to mention they got the third string quarterback playing this week because Dalton got hurt. That's true too. Ben yeah. DiNucci, a seventh rounder out of James Madison. Who, who would have thought he would have started? Not right me. at the nope. beginning of the year. <laughs> not me. Blue moon op- once in a blue moon opportunity there. And here's the thing with the the Cowboys: they're last in points allowed per game, and they own the worst turnover differential in the NFL. And you're going up against an Eagle staff that we've kind of seen Travis Fulgham uh, grow into his own as a receiver when the, they had a couple of uh, couple guys hurt. Um, we know that the injury bug really hurt receivers. Uh, I think Alshon Jeffrey was out for a little bit. Deshaun Jackson as well. But he just got hurt. Not, like he came he's still back out, and got yeah. hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So Travis Fulgham's kind of like playing into his own. Hurts is hurt. Yeah. Miles Sanders is questionable for this week. Alshon Jeffrey is questionable. Um, John Jackson's still on the IR. Jalen Rieger's on the IR. Marquise Goodwin is out. Like they have a lot. They're missing Zach, a lot I think of pieces. Zach Ertz, I think Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard on the IR as well. They are, and they're going to have to start Richard Rodgers this week. If you if you remember him from the Packers days, that that's Hail, right. The Hail Mary against the Lions. That's right. Yeah, that was like his one shining moment. But um, I think the Eagles take this game very easily. Dallas has not proven to me. Yeah, and, and even even if Dak was playing, I would stay. I would still take Philly. Just because I think Philly's defense, at least the front seven against Dallas's offensive line that has been riddled with injuries as well. I mean, I just think that the Eagles just outmatched the Cowboys. And that's not saying much because the Eagles aren't very good. They almost lost to the New York Giants last week. And it took a 10-point comeback in the last four minutes for them to win that game. Yeah, and they started the season on a two-game losing skid. And they tied Joe Burrow and the Browns, and the Bengals, rather. They, um, They lost the Washington football team by 10 points. Then they got blown up by the Rams. Then the Bengals tied. Then they beat the 49ers by five. All their wins have been very close wins. And then after the Cowboys, they have a bye week. But then after that bye week, they have the Giants. But you want to, this is the middle of their schedule between week 13 and week 15, or week 12 and week 15. This is where it gets interesting. After the Browns, November 30th, after Thanksgiving, they have a Monday night against the Seahawks. And then Lost. a Sunday... Sunday, May, uh, primetime against the Packers at Green Bay, and then they're playing the Saints, and then at the Cardinals. Those are all playoff contending teams Those that are, are much losses. stronger than the Eagles. Those are going to be all losses. That's going to be their season right there. If they take a couple of those games, depending on how this division shapes up, I mean, who knows? If the Giants get on a little bit of a winning streak, this is the Eagles' schedule after the Browns before they close out the season at Dallas and at home against Washington. So they very well could fall because of those seven losses because they already have four losses on the year. Uh, they're two, four, and one. You know, you're looking at like, Maybe like three and like nine or something, one or something like that. 
yeah. come like week 14. Yeah, and, and what off, based off of what you're saying with that schedule, I think they're going to lose all four of those games. Oh, yeah, 100%. So... So you're already giving them eight losses. So they're so the best they can finish is seven, eight, and one. Yeah, I mean that's definitely enough to win this division just because it could of how be, crappy yeah. it is. Yeah, um, somebody could go on a win streak and then just change that division and just completely rework the lineup. Yeah, I, I, and you look at the Eagles too. Like it, we, you look at the first couple of weeks and their struggles, and and everyone's talking about you know Carson Wentz how he's how he's bad and yeah. you know, they should they should put Jalen Hurts in. Yeah, yeah. You look at the last couple of weeks, he's played some quality opponents, excluding the Giants. He has, yeah. And you got to give him credit for going out there and winning that game against the Giants because that's a game that you need to win in order to make the playoffs. Like you can't lose a team. You can lose a game and or two to Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Yeah. But you can't lose to the Giants at home. That's a game you're supposed to win when the schedule comes out all the way in the summer. People are saying, "Okay, that's an easy win right there." Right, right. So he plays Pittsburgh, uh, and they and they lose thirty eight to twenty nine, but but again, scoring twenty nine points on that defense is not bad at all. That's a good defense. That's a, it's a good. They're six and zero, and they've evolved from like the Troy Palomalo days too. Like when he was back in the safety Manning that position, and they're they gotten younger. Like T.J. Watt is a force. Like he he has so many sacks, so many tackles. He's a pocket. Uh, he's a puts pressure on the pocket. And I think that Steelers team, that's also another interesting division, Ravens and the Steelers in the AFC North. I mean, I think Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh are they still undefeated, right? Are they the only one? They're the only undefeated team They're the only one, yeah. Yep. But what I was saying was, in that game against Pittsburgh on the road, he threw 20 for 35, 258, two touchdowns and two interceptions, and he took five sacks, which is not which is mainly not his fault, but... I, I, and then he goes out and plays Baltimore the next week and loses 30-28. to 28. He completes 50% of his passes, throws for 213 yards, two passing touchdowns, and zero picks. But I believe that was also a very good rushing performance for him, too. Yeah, he had five carries, 50 yards, and a touchdown that game. Uh, so, I mean, if you go out there and you lose to the Baltimore Ravens by two points, who's a Super Bowl contender, who was a favorite amongst many people when this— when, the beginning of the season, I, you got to give him credit. He's starting to like get hit, get in his rhythm, and you know, twenty twenty is an interesting year for most players. You know, they got to get into the funk of things. They have to, they have to get everything warmed up again due to the lack of the training camp, what it usually is, and stuff like that. So, I just think this week, I, I don't, I don't think Dallas's defense. If they can't hold, if Dallas's defense gives up thirty four points to the Giants' offense, which has been horrifically bad this year. If you could give up 34 points to that, I, the Eagles' offense is much better, even with all the injuries. You know, they had. I think Miles Sanders might come back this week too. I'm not sure, but even then, I just think Carson Wentz, with the with the career he's having and just the experience, I think he'll just go out there and win this game. Dallas has no chance. They're putting the they're putting the ball in the third <laughs> into their third string quarterback's hands. And like you said, a lot of a lot of beef with the coaches, like anonymous players calling out coaches. Yeah. It's just it's it's a whole mess over there. Jerry Jones is just I don't know. He just can never seem to orchestrate a team that's good every year. I, they haven't been to the playoffs in like two years. Eight and eight last year. Now they're two and five. And if you look at their schedule, Jake, I think that they their only wins on the year were the are the Giants and the Falcons. And yeah, they, and that's they won. It. And they won that Falcons game because of that whole, you know, the Falcons blew that lead. Falcons should have won that game, right? And then you look at the Giants game. They win 37-34, to almost lost to the Giants. It, it took them a game-winning field goal when Andy Dalton came in. It took them a game-winning field goal to win that, that football game. 
But you you lose to Washington twenty five to three. You lose to the Cardinals thirty eight to ten. Embarrassing. Browns forty nine thirty eight. The list goes on. You just, they could have beat the Rams. They lost by three to the Rams in the opening weekend on the September thirteenth, and then they, you know, then they they well, they lost to Seattle by a touchdown too two weeks later. Yeah, like they could have won those games, but then you know Russell Wilson completely uh, he threw five touchdowns uh, in that game. He really did, and uh, Dak was picked twice in that game. He was sacked twice. So, yeah, I mean, it looks like the NFC West is the division to watch. Yeah, the NFC West is—I knew they were going to be good this year, but I, j- I didn't know how, go- how like, the, I, the Cardinals were the question mark because yep. when, they yeah, acquired, they when they acquired Hopkins, everyone was saying, oh, this team's going to be great. You know, offensively, if Kyler Murray can play well, they're going to be great. But the, the question mark there was the, was their defense, right? I mean, you right, got right, right. Baker— and Chandler Jones is out for the year now. And he, that really hurts them. Yeah. I, That's I, a big, big part of their team. I feel like if they had Chandler Jones, that game this weekend would not have been as close. 100%. I, I just feel like the Seahawks offensive line isn't good to start with, right? And if you just have a guy like Chandler Jones off the edge, that's already disrupting Russ's play. If you if you look back to the first half, Russ had all day to throw, and they scored 27 points in the first half. Um but as far as the like the Cardinals, they week one they won twenty four to twenty against the Niners, and then the next week they go out and beat Washington thirty to fifteen. Their two losses this year are against Detroit and Carolina. They lost to Detroit by three points and Carolina by ten, and then they beat the Jets thirty to ten, Cowboys thirty eight ten, and then with this game against the Seahawks thirty seven to thirty four. Um, you know, next week they got to play, or two weeks from now they play the Dolphins at home. That should be an easy win. Because you know, two was playing now. He still has to learn a lot. Um, but then after that, they play the Bills, and that's going to be a tough game too. Buffalo's been very good this year. Josh Allen, I'm sure he'll do well against Arizona. If if Russ can do as well as he did, I think Josh Allen will do fine. Uh, and then you know, they play the Seahawks again. It, I just I, I don't know what it's it's, it's it seems like the Cardinals Seahawks matchups the past couple years have always been like this, and they're always fun to watch. And that's going to be the division to really keep an eye on. I mean. You know, the 49ers, for all the losing the woes they had and for all the, um, you know, the injuries they had with the questionable, if the MetLife Stadium turf had affected that and they did a review of that and the groundskeeping crew, they said it didn't with Jimmy Garoppolo. But the thing that, you know, it, the Cardinals are almost res- not resembling of like the Kurt Warner days when they had a competent quarterback, but they're just fun to watch again. Like Larry Fitzgerald, he's still there, like even after playing in the Super Bowl and like way back earlier in the decade and or last in 2009-2010 around then and he, you know, he's still there but getting DeAndre Hopkins getting a younger fresh receiver really helps Kyler Murray cuz he's somebody who brings I think a different quarterback to this Arizona team than Kurt Warner who was a big pocket guy, big pocket passer when he after, you know, with the uh, St. Louis Rams and all that but I really do like Kyler Murray for their system. I think he fits them a lot, and he's got that connection with Hopkins. And I think they're now they got the better end of that deal because Houston they fired their coach and they've had an abysmal year after they were in the playoffs and had a pretty decent run in the playoffs too. Yeah, I, I remember that. It was like the Carson Palmer year, right? The 2015 or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you talk about the connection with Hopkins. You can't forget about too. I, uh, Kyler Murray, he went to Texas Tech and played one year there and then eventually transferred to Oklahoma. But right. in that year, the head coach was Cliff Kingsbury. True. And hit one of his best receivers was Christian Kirk, who are both on that team now. I completely forgot about that. It's yeah. a Texas Tech connection. It's not even the Oklahoma connection. No, it's, yeah. it's not. It's, the, it's So it's dating back, even though Christian Kirk isn't wide receiver one, he's probably wide receiver three. I mean, if you're still thinking Larry Fitz is the two, which I don't know. 
you, that could be a toss-up. He's just kind of there. He's yeah, kind of there. He still has some wheels to an extent. Yeah. Uh, he's just kind of there as like a leadership role. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's sure. a good way to look at it. But um, but I, I I just there's a lot of good pieces around Kyler Murray. I like what they did, and I hope I want the Giants to kind of do something like that. You know, they fired that the Cardinals did it right. They fired the head coach, and they just hit the restart button. They brought in a coach that coached the quarterback, Kyler Murray, the Heisman winner. He said, "Listen, let's go out and get this guy. I know, I know, you guys drafted Rosen the last year, but if you want you." If you hire me, I can I can build a roster and I can build a game plan around Kyler Murray's play style and we will be and we will be winners soon. That's what they did. They drafted Murray. They traded for Hopkins, which was a steal. They gave up a bag of chips for him pretty much. And they and, and now look at them, five and two. And you talked about the NFC West, right? How good they are this year. Seattle's still in first. They're five and one. Arizona's in second, five and two. The Rams are in third, five and two. You have third place is five and two. In the NFC East, third place is two and five, and first place is two, four, and one. 